Hi, this is Emily. And this is Maddie. And this is Spill the Mead. Spill the birthday mead. Happy birthday to you. Woo! the tea is hot it's so hot it's as hot as a birthday candle for maddie's birthday this is actually coming out the day before my birthday that's okay it's your birthday yes if you're listening to this on the 16th it's my birthday yeah Yeah. and that's i mean that's pretty much as far as this goes this has nothing to do with my birthday but this is spill the mead a history gossip podcast Mm -hmm. and we're gonna gossip about some history today and that's the best way to celebrate a birthday that's the best way this is just a fun silly little story like a little goofy story i was like should i do an amblin one i was like no may is her month that's when it's coming. People okay, have asked. Yeah. They're like, when? when's the tutors going to start? Well, yeah. it's starting in May. Like, Oof. that's, it's, Hell it's yeah. starting. Question, is Anna Gemini or is she a Taurus? We don't know. Oh, right. Yeah, oh, I she forgot was about that. Executed what is your soul? Oh, she was executed in May. Yeah. Do we not know even, like, the time frame of her birthday at all? No, What people... does your soul tell you? What sign is she? <sighs> The people argue over the years. People are like yeah. 1501 to 1507. I think it's 1501. So I always thought that she was going... I, I didn't know a sun sign. I couldn't lock down a sun sign. I always thought that she was an Aries moon with a Leo ascendant. That is like so I extremely just, specific. It's so specific. But yeah. I could not lock down a sun sign to save my life. And I we've never done this before i'm i'm doing it right now tutor astrology on instagram on instagram mm-hmm. is like it, i'm obsessed with her i hope she's listening because i think that she thinks i'm a bot or something because <laughs> like i'm like in her dms and i'm like i'm so sorry like you probably are getting borderline freaked out but i'm obsessed with you um she literally she think you're a bot she thinks she's like got the restraining order <laughs> oh, like god i swear to god like it's it's bad um but she does cool things where like she looks at like the sun and star placements on like ambulance execution dates and like then looks at that like so elizabeth's cool. we uh, we know elizabeth's chart so she looks at that and makes guesses oh. and she actually hit me with a sun sign that she thinks ambulin is that i never ever would have thought of and that's a gemini gemini's are like my favorite and uh-huh. at first i was like god that's like kind of chaotic get this this girl tutor astrology on instagram she thought gemini sun aries moon leo ascendant so we were the same on the moon and rising signs yeah and i was like oh my gosh like how'd you get gemini and she worked backwards from like her relationship with henry because we know henry's chart and so like and she like worked backwards from there and i was like oh my god no their their dynamic was so cancer and gemini oh so like now i'm like leaning that way but i never i i did think though for some reason I, it may always did kind of stick with me, but it could have been because that's her execution date. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I love so that. So that still kind of fits. Yeah. No, I think, oh my God, I love how like wildly specific that is. I know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. That that Aries fighter, that bold confidence, you yes. know, but like she, I had that, 
It couldn't have been a sun sign, though. Like, that closet, like, behind the who you are. You right. Know, that moon sign. And then the Leo ascendant. Because, again, the confidence of this woman. Also, like, I feel like she fits a Gemini so well in the sense of, like, Anne Boleyn is so misunderstood. And I feel like Geminis are so misunderstood. Oh, my because God, yeah. so many times people are like, oh, and they're a fucking Gemini. Yeah, it's like two-faced. It's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Oh my Geminis God. Yeah. get along with everybody. Yeah. They know how to get along with everybody. I and love every Gemini I know. Oh, like, God. So much. Same. Like, there they're a little chaotic, I'm like, but oh, great. I don't know many of this sign that I, like, I'm like real close with anyone of this sign you know yeah, like yeah and it's probably Everyone's just because of what sign. my sign is and that sign probably doesn't like aries <laughs> like they probably don't like me back and i just like i'll never say what that sign is you'll never know we'll never say you'll never say i and know it because it's also, the same sign as my we all yes. we all have that and one sign where we're like we're like forever holding in our hearts that like someone's gonna come along and like prove us wrong yeah about that sign and uh, like, hopefully that's my sign we're gonna be like oh my god we fucking love you yes like, you that it's gonna happen change the game it's yes. going to it's gonna happen because there's always there's always people who defy yeah oh it enough you know absolutely anyways but gemini's get a bad rap and i hate that because my daughter's a gemini and she's just the fucking best i love i love gemini. she's yeah she's yeah. great she's hilarious and she does get along with everyone yeah everyone they're not along with my child they're like, not two-faced they're very no. like they just legitimately understand both sides of the story yeah like, that's uh-huh. it like they're just oh god anyways if, if Get on Patreon, you know? Um, yeah. We'll do a whole little Gemini. Oh, yeah. Maddie's going history. through. She's doing the mythology of the Zodiac yeah. signs. If you're new here, if you're you new need here. to know that. And the next one is Aries, and that's really important to me because that's my sign. So, like, Woo! hurry and join Patreon so that you can listen to that. Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah. God, it's, none of this has anything to do with the no. world. <laughs> okay, tell us, tell us. I'm, oh like, so gosh. excited for this one. I've yeah. been so excited for this. All and I know is the title, and that's fucking it, and I'm so excited Emily for has it. Been waiting on this one for so long i was going to do a different one i was going to do the queen of sheba but there's a lot of mystery behind that one and then i just did hathor and there's a lot of mystery behind that one and Mm -hmm. so this is just some good fucking fun this one is just sounds like it's just about a bunch of silly geese yes it is it's the best prank in history it's Uh. called the burner street hoax and we're gonna talk about what started as this total like fur to boys moment like between two jokester friends literally got way out of hand and brought the entire city of london to a complete standstill for like an entire day and this was back in the 1800s 1810 so before any social media oh yeah like no way to get word out quickly you know this wasn't like even the war of the worlds whole thing if you've heard about that we're like on the radio they were talking like the aliens came and yeah (laughs) freaking out or whatever the fuck that situation was no radio no like didn't even have that yeah no word of mouth or something i don't know the situation but like they were able to spread it i will the news spread and it was, for the most part, some good, clean fun, too. Like, there was no, like, nudity yeah. or, like, no one was injured or harmed. Yeah. Like, okay, it, yeah. It's, it's good, clean fun. 
Yeah. Just a bunch of silly geese. And just some silly gooses. <laughs> it would literally be the equivalent of bringing like modern day like New York or LA to a complete fucking standstill for like some dumb bet that two guys made at a bar. Literally. I fucking love that. Yeah. I love everything about <laughs> it's, that. It's so okay. like it's so not heavy. This whole thing is so not heavy. Right. It's just some good oh, clean good. fun. Um, but you know, it, it got, it got a little out of hand. So it's one of those episodes where like, oh gosh, if it, a lot of the information out there on it is just like in a paragraph, you know, and mm-hmm. you just read it, you're like, ha, huh. but God, if you really put yourself like there that day and like what the people who were directly involved with this whole thing were going through, like just just keep it in mind. Okay. I'll keep reminding you throughout the Good. whole thing. But yeah, so first let's talk about who who pulled off this legendary practical joke. It's literally just two fucking guys. <laughs> um, they're fairly, nah, they're kind of important-ish guys though. So who do you want to start with, Emily? Do you want to start with the main guy or the main guy's friend? Mm, his friend. Okay. So let's talk about the friend. Uh, the friend's name is Samuel Beasley, and this Samuel Beasley, this this takes place in London, I think okay. I've said, um, led a pretty interesting life. He was born in Westminster in 1786. I couldn't find his exact birthday, Samuel Beasley's, um, just the year that he was born, but he'll be about 24 when this prank goes down, of so a guy in the, yeah, yeah. guy in the year 20s, man. Um, like I said, though, he had an interesting life. He wrote his first play at the tender age of 12. Whoa. He constructed the whole stage that this little play was going to be performed on. And he, like, recruited his school friends okay. to go up there and perform That's adorable. it. adorable. Yeah. He, like, didn't even want to be the star of it. He just wanted to write it and oh build the whole God. stage and set. Yeah. Cute. Sam Beasley. Um, he was very, very, very gifted in the ways of art. And people could tell, like, very early on. Oh. Yeah, he was just a little a little prodigy. Um, he went to architect school at a really young age as well. He got in and was accepted and everything and excelled. Um, later, much later in his life, this is after the prank, mm-hmm. but this, I don't know, it speaks it's to relevant. who he is. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty fucking cool so we're gonna mention it uh because i don't know if we're ever going to talk about sam beasley again so this is his moment but after this prank he's going to serve in the british army during the peninsula war where he had two just standout adventures in particular during this time um so standout adventure number one was at some point in war, he was knocked unconscious during some skirmish. Oh. And everyone's like, oh, fuck, he's dead. Uh-oh. Like, let's get him all ready to be buried and everything. <gasps> and he literally, like, at the last moment, like, in coffin, like, wakes up. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. Pranks. <laughs> yeah. He's a prank. Yeah. He's like, wow, none of that was on purpose. And that's, prank. that's where it all started. <laughs> yeah. His second major thing that happened, um, he played a role in this crazy rescue mission for the Duchess Angulema, who was the daughter of Louis XVI. And he helped rescue her from the approaching French forces led by Napoleon. Did they fall in love? I fucking hope so. (laughs) Um, He returned to England after that and he wrote over a hundred plays. Most of them were comedies. Oh. 
Yeah, he wrote two novels. Oh um, he translated several Italian operas into English. Like, and that would, those were just his side gigs. Because oh if we come back to the fact that he went to architect school at a really early age, he was like a fucking good architect. Like, this was his job. Wow. He designed in London a spa, a town hall, a few hotels, uh, the Southeastern Railway Company's London Bridge Station, and several other stations, like, along the Northern Kent Line. Yeah, he's just this guy... Is there nothing he cannot do? Is a total baller. Yeah. Um, he designed um, the Studley Castle. Studley, Studley. However you want to say it. He designed it. He's such a bro. Yeah. <laughs> what right? a talented he would. bro. Fucking bro Beasley. Like, <laughs> bro Beasley. He's like the bro that you like. He's not like a douchey frat but bro no, you know? yeah no you like him if he is in a frat he's like the one who's like oh my gosh like you're so drunk let me help you get home and then like is respectful and genuinely just like helps you get home and leaves like water and ibuprofen by your bedside table yeah and then just like pieces out and you never hear from him again you're like that dude that That's was a solid the, dude he's the bee's knees he's yeah. sam beasley the bees when we get a third Beasy boy when we get a third tier for patreon it's just like beasley <laughs> beasley <laughs> you guys no it's gonna be busy boy busy boy <laughs> the busy boys oh, God. well he was mostly known Okay, because he di- he designed all that stuff. But okay. that's not even what he's most known for his architecture either. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's mostly known for being Britain's main, like, theater architect because it started when he was 12 he and he built this combining stage. all of his interests yeah. besides pranks. He built so many theaters. He built the Royalty Theater, the City of London Theater, the St. James Theater. Oh, oh. He was the lead. I thought you were just going to give me, like, one big theater. No. But he, like, he's doing all the theaters. Oh, God. He led major renovations on the Adelphi Theater and the Drury Lane Theater. Like, it, it, so many, so many theaters. Um, he designed theaters. two theaters each in Dublin, two in Belgium, two in India, and one in Brazil. He's probably working on the other one in Brazil, honestly. You'll find plans at some point, I swear oh to God. Like gosh. He even designed the Lyceum Theater in London twice because his original 1816 building burned down in 1830. Oh. So he designed the replacements. Oh my gosh. That How is disappointing. Would that be? But like, also, you know, every time you're done with some piece of work, you're like, you know, looking back, there's things I could change. And yeah. he's like, bitch, now's my moment. God, I just like <laughs> picture him like sitting across like the burning theater, like in a like leather chair, like petting a cat, just like with like a low brimmed hat, just like watching it burn. Like, yeah, that's fine. Like yep. go back to the ashes from where you came. You will be You'll reborn be again. in the vision like I have phoenix, of you. Like a phoenix from the ashes, this theater will rise again. And it did. And it it's is. still standing there today. Wow. But it really did rise. most people aren't going to know Sam Beasley for his architecture. They're going to know him for this goddamn prank cool that we're gonna talk about <laughs> today now we're gonna talk about the main guy the the main event here i have a bit more on him i love i also just like <laughs> love like all this shit that he's done and it doesn't matter he's known for this prank that is like someone yeah g- coming up to me and not saying like oh oh my god i know you 
from Spill the Mead. It's like someone go- coming up to me and being like, oh my God, you're the girl that's like really pro-seal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not ashamed of it. I wish you knew me for my podcast, but I am very pro-seal. I'm usually pretty pro-seal. <laughs> usually, but yeah. if you remember the major motion picture. <laughs> the, wait, the, not even the... The masterpiece. Yes, the yeah, cinematic, cinematic masterpiece. masterpiece. There it was. Oh, my God. Well, I, there is no good way to lead into who Thomas, or blah, Theodore Hook is. Oh, I love the name Theodore. Yeah. Okay, you're tell gonna, me about Theodore. We're going to love Theodore Hook. He's our main. Theodore Hook. Theodore Hook. He's the main prankster. He's the main office right, prankster. Theo. So he was born in Charlotte Street, London, on September 22nd in 1788. Okay. So he's cuspy. He's on the Virgo and Libra cusp, but I looked it up, and in 1788, September 22nd, fell on a Virgo year. So okay. he was a Virgo. All right. And he is. He's, like, very methodical and meticulous about his pranking, but he's also very likable. He's on that Libra cusp, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. So there he is. Okay. Um, he was the son of a man named James Hook, who was a composer of very popular songs of the period. Mm-hmm. Um. Theo would go on to make a comic musical, several actually, with his father and his teens that did really well. Wow. He was just like a really funny fucking guy. These are like, like very Theo. just artsy people. These guys were just gonna be they friends. Just get it. Yeah, they were just destined to be friends. They were. I mean, maybe a little flakes of our souls were yeah. in these guys. Just I best friended. Yes. We could not have pulled this up. We would have fucking cried if we did something like I this prank. Really... Theodore had an older brother named James Hook. Two great names. Theodore and James. Come on. Oh my gosh. James, yeah. James is one of my favorites. <sighs> God. Oh. He, James became the dean of Worcester Cathedral. So th- this was like a very respectable family. Um, and then there's Theodore, um, who was like his friend Samuel, something of a prodigy himself, but he was a musical prodigy because he was like super, super, super good at stuff. Virgo energy. Mm -hmm. If you're out there and you're a Virgo and you have a hobby or a thing that you like to do, I'm pretty much safely going to bet my life on the fact that you're really fucking good at that thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like you just are. Yeah. And that that was Theodore. So he spent some of his time at the University of Oxford, you know, no big deal. Oh. Um and his his father though, because he was a composer, remember, was a little like stage fathery oh. a little bit. And he loved like showing off Theodore's like musical and metrical gifts and a lot of things said metrical gifts and i'm like wait what like what is yeah yeah okay it's what you're thinking emily and all of every other writer out there it's what you're thinking by metrical gifts they meant that he could pretty much like fucking freestyle any song but like 1800s version (laughs) off the top of his head so not only like he's not just like spitting a fucking fire verse he like has like the the lead chair violin thing like playing and then he has like what like oboes back here doing like he could like just come up with it like on the spot and like he his dad would straight up like walk him up to people be like hey give him a topic and they Mm -hmm. would and he would just like fucking go like he was really really good at it okay i'd be a little bit like stage parenty if my kid could do that and they like wanted to show it off I'd yeah, probably do that a little bit. It worked out because Theodore became what they called a pet of the green room. 
Um, yeah, which, yeah, a pet of the green room. What's that mean? Well, in show business, the green room is a space in a theater or a whatever venue um, right. that functions as like a waiting room yeah, and like a lounge relax. type thing. Yeah, yeah like kind of like chill. Yeah, before, lunch. during, after, like yeah, yeah when. Um, yeah, when they're not on stage. Would he just, like, entertain, like, actors and stuff in the yep. green room? Yeah, he was just back there, okay. like, cool. you know, re- replenishing drinks. People would be like, hey, Theo, just give me four meters about muffins. And he's like, yeah, fucking here you go. Cool. Yeah, just chilling. And so uh, he was, you know, around those types of people. And they mm. all just fucking loved him. So by the age of 16, he and his father scored, literally, like, wrote a musical score. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but like for what it, what it's worth, it works both ways. They yeah. <laughs> scored a dramatic success called The Soldier's Return, which was a comic opera. And it followed up with a series of popular ventures with like really well-known people in show business at the time. Oh. So it was like this ongoing kind of. Cool. Yeah. Um, and people loved it. He went on to write several more works, all of which were very commercially popular. Like, they were just doing well in the mainstream. Nice. Uh, he, because of this, became sort of a playboy throughout his teens and early 20s. Yeah. And he's going to be 22 when this whole thing takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed to have such a bright future. And his music was so good. Like, the music that he took a lot of time to come up with, the music he came up with on the top of his head was so good that it charmed the pre- the prince regent, Whoa. Uh, the future King George the oh, Fourth, and like the princess loved him so much. She's like, dude, you're so good at this. Like, you're oh so good God. at this. I want to like give you stuff. Like, I want to give you things because you're good at stuff. You know, God, because me. celebrities. Yeah, I, I also know. just like like giving people stuff. Like, I do too. I'm so like... poor, and I'm just like giving people. Things. Oh yeah, like, fucking stop, dude. You're you're poor. I found this like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, people are, like, good at their craft. Like, I found this stained glass artist. If you've seen us post anything on Instagram about stained glass, it's her. It's That's who it is. Mm -hmm. And, like, I found her, and I was like, hi, can I, like, just order that i ordered a spill the mead like emblem for my own birthday present that i'm not gonna be able to pay off for like months <laughs> and she's like yeah sure i'm like okay because i just fucking love you yeah. and if i had the money i would just like <gasps> oh, do a whole giant window i would like pay her to come out oh my and, god like insert it into my home yes somewhere. Yeah. absolutely oh so like, cool oh man so yeah same we yeah, are i get it we are future you, king Prince george the fourth yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um well he gave him something. Um, he named Theodore Hook the accountant general and treasurer of Martinus or Mar- Maritius, excuse okay. me, Maritius, um, which was a whole ass island. This seems like so irrelevant to his job or what he's talented at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And that, that comes up. <laughs> okay. um, this little wow. giggy poo um, paid him a really healthy, like, 2,000 pounds a year, which was, like, really good back then. He literally just put him in charge of money for I this whole island. Okay, you know I love, like, a metaphor, especially, like, relating it to, like, our lives or whatever. <laughs> That's, like... This woman is so good at stained glass and be like contacting her and being like, you are so talented at this. Do you want to come babysit my kids? Yeah. Can you like be a move-in nanny? Yeah. And like, he moved to this island. Like, Like, he literally like moves to this island to go manage. It's totally irrelevant to like the talent you saw in him. Yeah. (laughs) 
it's really not Theo's like wheelhouse. It's not at all because twelve thousand pounds ends up going missing from this island's accounts. <laughs> It's just like gone. And they're like, hey, Theo, where'd this 12,000 pounds go? And he's like, I don't fucking know what I'm doing, bro. Yeah, he's like, listen, I have no clue where it went. And like, and he didn't take it. Like, he wasn't being like facetious. Yeah, no, he's like, listen, I don't know. They're like, where's the books, ma'am? Where's the ledgers? He's like, the what now? Like, do you want me to write a song about this? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about yeah I mean, this of course that's how it played out i love that he didn't no. even do it on purpose no like, he that makes it so much better genuinely had no clue what the fuck was going on no. with the money on that island and that's his whole ass job you don't hire theo who's just <laughs> no. so good at spitting rhymes yeah to take care of your account a whole island a whole, a whole island's account yeah. no you don't do that and so they're like dude, we ha- like have to arrest you and send you back no. to England. And so they did. No, and so no. now he's like arrested in his is late be- teens. Okay. So wow. This is before the prank. Yeah. Okay. Again, you don't hire a teenage Theo to run your accounts just because he's good at spitting rhymes. I don't know, like, if he was a teenager at this time, but he was, like, a young man. Yeah. Like, he had no business. Because this was happening before the 22-year-old Mark when he when the prank happened, right? I'm not sure oh, okay. exactly when this arrest happened, because Theo's been through, <laughs> through it a couple times yeah. here. Okay. Um, but it was in the younger years. It was in his younger years, yeah. definitely. Um, he was arrested and returned to England. And um, it was found, in case you're wondering, that it, a deputy official on the island actually took that money. It literally had absolutely nothing to do with Theodore Hook. However, okay. he was still held responsible for I mean, that you money think you wouldn't like notice the money was gone you so should have yeah he, he still got a little he didn't have to do like hard time because yeah. he wasn't the one that stole it yeah. but i mean like the island's money was your whole ass job and so ah. so he did have to do some jail time and while he was in jail he had to make money somehow to pay off some of these debts so he started writing articles for newspapers and magazines and people just ate that shit up so he's in jail just writing articles about whatever Mm -hmm. and it was so popular that people were like oh my god oh my god just start your own newspaper like i don't i'm literally only buying the newspaper for your shit just start your own and so he did oh and he called it john bull like uh, like a, a bull like okay. be, yep john yeah. bull and it was just another huge fucking success people loved theodore hook like they could not get enough of him so the newspaper actually introduced to this thing called toryism which through it's like a brand of political satire that was never seen before now but now it's really central to like british journalistic satirical style like if you saw the drawings of this you'd be like oh yeah that you know like so he kind of like started this newspaper introduced this type of political satire and now he gets out of jail so he was just in jail oh he's productive he is is virgo so yeah so he gets out of jail he repaid that debt to society you know but just like 
if you haven't listened to Catherine de Medici episodes, go do it. Because just like Margot can't stop fucking, Theodore cannot stop misplacing large sums of money. (laughs) Like, they've got to stop putting him in charge of it. Because he was arrested again for debts to the state this time. Despite making a really good living, you guys, like he's doing well. He's just a playboy. He's just spending it. I don't know where it went. I don't know where the fucking 12,000 pounds went. Okay. And so they're like, okay, well, we're going to have to send you to a sponging house this time. Like this is like. A what? So a sponging house was like a kind of halfway house in the 1800s used for debtors. So. You're getting sent to the sponging house as a last ditch effort before they send you to like the debtor's jail and you don't want to go there. So this was like your last chance to pay off those debts. Like this place was like the most 1800 shit ever. You know, and yeah. he's just stuck in this little, like, gross, dark, cold sponging house. And he's a celebrity. Like, yeah. <laughs> people know him. Yeah. Like, he's doing fine. So, yeah, if if you did not pay that back, pay back that debt by the time you had in that sponging house, you're getting sent to, like, debtor's prison. And oh, that's, like, uh-oh. bad, bad. So... He was able to, that Libra cusp came in and he used that charm to get out of the sponging house after a couple years. But that debt he was in there for after a couple years. Whoa, that's a long time. Yeah, and he never, that debt that he was in there for hung over his head for the rest of his life because, my God, he just couldn't pay it off. And even after his death in 1841, the government had to like seize his estate to like settle that debt. Because my guy just could not get it together, which is not Virgo behavior. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Let's be clear on that. No. That that reads a little more Libra to me. Yes. Also, it just, I love so much how someone can just be, like, this happens so often where people are such geniuses. Yeah. And, like, quite a few aspects of their life. And then, like... Other aspects, they just cannot get their shit together. Cannot get it together. Like, cannot understand the concept no. of, like, responsibility over money. Well, doesn't get it. Does not compute. And while he was in the sponging house, he kind of did the same shit of, like, oh, I have a debt to pay off. Um, okay, well, I guess I should start writing some more to make money. And so he became a novelist this time. Okay. Virgo's Virgoing. Yeah. So not only did he become a novelist, he became England's best-selling novelist just before Charles Dickens hit the scene. So before Dickens hit the scene, it was Theodore uh, uh, Hook. Yeah. Sitting in a fucking sponging house, writing whatever came to his head. Um, Hook was also known as a prankster throughout his whole <laughs> life. Some of his pranks, other than the one with just the absolute most goddamn audacity that we're going to talk about today. In fact, I have, Theodore Hook in general has like a fantastic amount of audacity. He was just born with it, this man. Yeah. And everyone loves him for it. But the only other one I'm going to talk about today is the postcard prank. No, oh, there's more. There's more pranks. Yeah, I'm just, just going to talk about this one real quick just to set the scene of who we're dealing with here. Do you know who invented the postcard? Um, Jonathan Postcard? Close. <laughs> Theodore Hook did. Oh, wow. Yeah. You want to know why? 
for a fucking prank. Oh my God. So yeah, he invented a postcard. He drew up a postcard and sent this postcard to himself. And I'm like, why? Like, what, what is why? this postcard? So I, I looked into it. I found it. I, I didn't get it. I'm really bad at like political cartoons and like things like that. It's not my wheelhouse. So I didn't get it. Um, but I'm going to post it for you guys so you can look at it too. This card was literally like on the front of it was drawn like this caricature of like postal workers like the people delivering this thing to him and so like yeah he like drew up this thing to himself like addressed it to himself postal workers will see it so it had to pass through all of their hands (laughs) and just like loop this stupid circle right back to him and him to just be like (laughs) and like he also like yeah which is what a what a dick yeah i mean so much that's that's like the equivalent of the prank we're gonna talk about today because this is like the 1800s you can only do so much yeah that's that's a sick ass prank it's a sick ass prank theo um the postcard was found and sold in 2002 for 31,750 pounds because it had what's called a penny black stamp on it which was the first adhesive stamp ever and theodore in the great beyond just is fucking up there, like dying in laughter all over again. Yeah. <laughs> that this fucking joke postcard that he made, some asshole just paid like 32,000 oh pounds for because of a dumb stamp. Like, this is the guy <laughs> that we're talking about. Oh, man. Yeah. So there's our people. There's yeah. there's Theodore and Samuel. I love them so much. I know. I'm obsessed with them. I feel like they'd be so fun. So they're... They're such good friends, because why would they not be? There's a there's two stories on how this prank, this bet, ultimately was made. I'm going to give my version, because I think it was a combo of the two. But that's how I'm going to tell it. Then I'll tell you after, like, okay. what it, you know. But so here, here I go. I'm going to get to set it up for you. So Theo and Sam are sitting at a pub having a drink and talking about whatever early 20s, year old men and pubs talk about in the 1800s mm-hmm. and at some point theo turns to sam and he's like hey i bet you one guinea that i can make any random house in london anyone any random house the most famous most talked about house in all of london if you give me a week a week or less and now like remember like a week seems like a long time but like london's huge uh-huh. there's a ton of people there's no social media, no great way of communication. A week isn't like a ton of time. Like people don't hear about war events for like weeks. Oh, you yeah. know, like uh-huh. this isn't London's huge. This mm-hmm. isn't like a small feat. And so it's like a no brainer for Sam mm-hmm. Beasley. He's like, Fuck, yeah, OK, a guinea. I'll give you also, a guinea for a, a lot guinea. less than yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. A guinea just for context is a gold coin. Uh, with worth a pound and a shilling. So today, that's about 70 pounds or about 80 bucks. Yeah. What we're dealing with okay. here. Yeah. And these are two rich men. Like, that's yeah, not that's, even a lot of money to not, Theo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Sam's like, hell yeah, brother. Let's go find a house. Yeah. And so... They start taking a little walk about London to go find this house. And so they're walking through an upscale neighborhood. And Theodore Hook points to a house. 
owned by one Mrs. Tottenham. And she was a wealthy widow who was just minding her own damn business. Like, has no fucking clue that these two men are walking outside her house. And now, here's where some of the theories come in. Some theories say that, no, he he knew Mrs. Tottenham and thought it would be funny because of, like, you know, who she was or, you know, whatever. Like, maybe Mm -hmm. they had, like, a little thing in the past or whatever. It's mostly said the most common accepted truth there is it wasn't who it was. It was the location and the house that we're going to get to in just a second. But the truth is we just we have no clue why he picked this house. Like it's just gossip. It's just speculation, uh baby. But I'm pretty sure it was because of the location, too. Mm -hmm. Now. Remember, this was a very upscale neighborhood just off of Oxford Street. So this is a big area with a lot going on. Small street, but an upscale, upscale street. This is a part of London where lords, ladies, earls are living, as well as um, the bishops of Carlisle and the bishops of Chester are living there too. So this is like a nice area. Yeah. Um, So some places say they were at a pub. And made the bet there. And then were, you know, he's like, yeah, Mr. Tottenham's house, whatever. Other people, uh, historians, I should say not just random people. Other people believe they were walking around and were like, hey, that house right there. See it? I bet I could make, you know. I kind of feel like it started, like, in the pub. Like, a a combo of both of those truths, Uh you know. Um, That's all me. There's nothing to base that off of. But either feel it. Either way, like, whether they were just walking down the street, hook pointed across the street to a large home, which was owned by, you know, Mrs. Tottenham, and was like, hey, bet you I can make that house the most famous house in London in a week. Whatever. The bet was made. The bet was made, and it was on. So Theodore went to work over the next few days along with a couple of his friends to start setting all of this in motion. He's got, like, a plan. He's, he, I don't. And he's got a newspaper. He does. I didn't know if he had a plan initially, but he's going to come up with stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, like, he does. He. I, do you have, like, any guesses? Like, oh, no. My dumbass was like, I just started, like, running down every street I could, just, like, yelling some wild shit that would, like, pique people's curiosity to like, make them start talking. What do you yeah. fucking do? Yeah. yeah. He. I mean, it's the 1800s, and so he essentially does that, Emily, but he does it, you know, in a more, you know, like masses, like get it out to the masses. So he just starts like furiously writing letters with his friends to everyone in London, everyone requesting all kinds of stuff. So fast forwarding to the day of the prank, it is... 4 a.m. on Monday, November 27th, and Theodore comes, his little ponies come trot, trot, trotting up to Sam Beasley's in a carriage bright and early, and he goes and he knocks on his friend's door, and he's like, come on, Sam, today's the day. We're going to watch this prank unfold. And <laughs> Sam's like- 4 fucking a.m. Yeah, and he's like, cool, we we're like going to watch it happen? He's yeah. like, oh yeah, I don't need a week, it's today, it's happening ooh, today, we're going to watch. So I love a man who takes a prank seriously. Oh God, a fucking Virgo. Yeah. So when I said it could have partly been because of the location, why he chose this place. Uh, well, it's thought that because the two rented a room 
right across the street from the oh. soon-to-be-famous home at 54 Burner Street. That 54 Burner Street is the most famous house in London, or it's going to be today. Okay. And so right across the street, there just happened to be a building with a room for rent, and they oh, got the money. And that's where they can just go and oh, yeah. watch. Just fucking post up, sit mm-hmm. up there, take their top hats off, smoke some cigars, and fucking watch it what all unfold. Day. What a day. They were, they're both writers. This is literally like them like watching like the best play they've ever written yeah like just like play out except sam has no clue what's gonna happen it's like you wrote your own play except yeah you don't know what your own plays it's gonna be yeah <laughs> like you like so fun the, the kind of knows but like in general he doesn't but not the specific he couldn't have predicted like this what what level. this is gonna oh. be yeah and sam's just like what's happening like Ooh. are you like what's it gonna be and so the clock chimes at 5 a.m. and it all begins. So at 5 a.m., here comes a chimney sweep at Miss Tottenham's door. And knock, knock. And Miss Tottenham is rich as shit, so she's not answering the door. But her yeah. maid comes to the door okay. and she's like, oh, hello, I'm chimney sweep. What are you doing? And he's like, oh, hi, I'm here to sweep your chimney. And she's like, oh, I no, uh, we don't need that. That was just done, so I don't know. Like, why? He's like, oh, yeah. no, I have this note, it says. And she's like, oh, God, there had to have been a mistake. Again, think about it. It's not, like, a text that, like, went to the wrong number. Yeah. Like, this is a handwritten note saying, show up at this day, at this time, to yeah. this address. And the servant's like, I can't. We don't need your service. I'm yeah, not paying that, you. Like that, yeah, this is, like, not a common thing that yeah. happens. No. And so the sweep's kind of like, okay, well you're paying me like I'm losing money like I'm here you've got to and she's like okay like I'm not waking up like the widowed wealthy Mrs. Tottenham over this you've just got to fucking go I don't know what to do so they sat there and they argued she eventually got him sent away without any pay just saying hey there was a mistake I'm really sorry but like again it's a letter okay and Mm -hmm. so it's weird for that to happen one time so I thought about how to do this and I was like oh I'm just because like I said you could read this whole thing in a paragraph you know I'm not I'm not gonna tell you the amount of knocks I'm just gonna knock them so you can really get okay really get a, a sense of it all right so that one turns away door closes another sweep outside hello Mrs. Tottingham I'm here she's like no 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 there has to be a mistake uh, the, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. Closes the door. Another oh one. I'm here. God. I'm here to sweep your chimney. Nope. Done. I'm sorry. Like, there must be a mistake. Hi, I'm here. Sweep your chimney. Hello, I'm here. Hello, I'm here. Hi. Oh. Hi. Oh hi. 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 This isn't a glitch. They're still knocking. Oh Twelve no. fucking twimney sh- chimney sweeps. Oh show up on this doorstep and they're kind of starting to not leave they're like what is this, this a fucking is the weirdest joke. fucking thing like they're like looking around there's a million other chimneys yeah like, like 12 of others. them they yeah. could be sweeping other chimneys right now like what the fuck is happening yeah. and so they're standing on the steps wanting to know what the deal was the maid at this point is like going to get like other help from inside because she's like what is happening yeah, like does this the, is not normal like they're all in there looking at the chimney like what the fuck is going on with the chimney like who did this is like what are we doing okay why does it need 12 chimneys sweeps? oh my god and so like they're all in there looking they're like okay fine whatever like the chimney sweeps are fighting with each other everyone's just yeah. fucking fighting and so the maid 
And like a couple other workers in the house get everyone to calm down, like assured everyone they had no reason to write all of these letters. This was not some grand scheme to get a chimney sweep brawl yeah. in front of their house, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so they got them to go away. They didn't pay any of them. They got them to leave. Everyone was real mad, but it happened. And like this was like a really, really bad day, like already. Yeah. And this was literally the first 10 minutes oh, of this morning no. 12 oh, people no. and again you read a paragraph like 12 chimney sweeps showed up did you hear all of those knocks that's could you imagine in 10 like minutes. in 10 minutes that's more than one person a minute oh, <laughs> showing up at gosh. your door yeah oh yeah you're like explaining to one you shut the door you barely get the door shut before the next one's yeah like and so luckily i mean that was almost all the chimney sweeps in the area so like okay well thank god they're all gone that was fucking weird and so they leave and so they they start hearing commotion outside you know and they're like okay like that's weird and then all of a sudden knock 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 oh my god someone at the door and the maid pops her head out and sees a whole bunch of very, very looking confused people because there is a fleet, a fleet of carts filled with coal just outside the door. And they're like, hey, we have all of your coal. Like, I don't know what's going oh, on. No. But this is like a whole bunch of money worth of worth of coal. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what the fuck are you with the chimney sweeps? I don't know what's happening. Like we don't, we don't need the coal. And they're like, okay, but like, there's like 14 of us out here, like with these giant things of coal, it took people a week to like get these supplies together, you know? And so she's trying to send them away. This maid, Miss Tottenham's just sitting inside being widowed. Yeah. No clue what's (laughs) going on. And so the maid's like, okay, like we've, we've got a, you know, like there's more than a dozen carts of coal. She's trying to get them out while they're still there in the street. Another dozen carts full of furniture begins arriving, but she doesn't have time to talk with them because she's still trying to get the coal out. So people just start unloading this furniture and people are like, wait, 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 like, where does it go? And people are like, I don't know. Why did we order so much furniture? And the maid's like, no one fucking ordered anything. Just tell them to wait. People are just unloading furniture. So now there's like furniture in the street because no one knows where to put it in the house. There is like 27 couches out there. Like in there's sam and theo just up just there. Sitting there yeah and like this you can just such a virgo prank it is and like you can just tell like sam probably thought it was the chimney sweepers like how annoying like uh all the chimney sweeps in london could be talking about this okay whatever it's like yeah. no just wait <laughs> and like watching like the carts of coal be like is that one two twelve oh yeah, god like just watching dozen. they're just oh watching gosh. so the <laughs> The, the furniture carts are getting unloaded. The carts of coal are kind of starting to trickle out, okay? But, like, again, this street is not huge. Yeah. The, the streets in London are, are small. And so it's going to start to get a little congested here. Um, it's going to get even more congested because about five minutes after all the carts full of furniture arrive, um, a hearse complete with a coffin an entire train of mourning coaches push their way through the furniture because they're like there's someone dead in there and we've got to get to them and clearly there this is a scene and like you're removing furniture they're like no we're bringing furniture they're like but why they're dead and so now it's just kind of getting chaotic um and so 
The maid drops the, the coal carts, hasn't even made it to the furniture yet. She goes over to the people. She's like, who's dead? Is it me? Can you fucking take me with you? Like, is this happening? And they're like, oh, no. Like, we. Poor maid. Yeah, and she is running around having no clue what's going on she turns over and down the opposite side of the street several more carts show up several carts show up from different bakeries with giant multi multi-tiered wedding cakes oh now we're talking oh yeah and they're all arriving at the same times and oh, so yeah. when he wrote all of these letters to all of the furniture people he told all the furniture people to show up at this time this is so all of the cake people to Virgo show up at this time yeah this and so organized oh my methodical God. thought out you like, can just fucking picture like all of the bakers in london like leaving the bakeries with their cart with this wedding cake at the same like, time like oh, hey, lots of weddings on a monday yeah. <laughs> and they're all just kind of walking like shoulder to shoulder like all right this is my stove I shit did, me yeah. too i did think like can you imagine someone's like talking with their colleague you know the coal people they're like talking with their colleague and they're like actually have a huge delivery on monday and their colleague is like oh my gosh same (laughs) and they don't think another thing of it until they're walking side by side not like leaving going to another house and they're like are we going to the same i wonder if this was a mistake does she need this much coal and then like another person walks up and then another and they're like oh uh-oh. Yeah. Wh- what? Yeah. Like, yeah. they're walking up with these cakes, like, all different. I don't fucking know. And, like, yeah. being like, oh, oh, that's weird. Are they going to pay all this? And you walk around the corner and see furniture and carts of coal trying to leave. Oh and a fucking God. hearse. Like, yeah. did we bring the oh. wrong cake? Like, what is happening? Me as the maid, though, I'm like, coal, fucking go. Furniture, you got to get out of here. Hearse, oh, yeah. Don't know what's happening there. Maybe yeah. come just in case. Cakes? No, that was correct. Come in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All of yeah, you. Yeah. You know everyone. what? Yes. Yeah. This right this way. You know what? Everyone pull up a couch, grab a cake. <laughs> grab this a is cake. just what we're doing now. Yeah. Get some coal. I don't know. The, <laughs> die. Yeah. <laughs> please. Yeah. Die over here. Yeah. This is the dying corner. Yeah. There's people to mourn for you. This could be the hell of a party. Jesus. And Miss Tottingham's <laughs> just inside being widowed. Like, <laughs> I don't know at what point she even, like, caught on to what was going on here. Because it's the maid dealing yeah. with this. I imagine she has some, like, very small dogs. The you little know, little dogs. tiny dogs. And she's just like... Every time someone knocks, they keep barking. And so she, yeah, she's just oh like with gosh. the dogs, like, oh my God. There, she has like three Yorkies and like a Maltese <laughs> and like, it's just like, yeah. every time, every, every single time, because they never run out of energy. Oh God. Like I, uh, <laughs> you know, they would be losing it because this is like, it gets Knock so... after knock after knock. I mean, yeah. eventually, you know, the door's just got to be open and she's just oh dealing with them on the front step as they come oh yeah no she's out in the street at this point because the furniture is in the street people can't really get to the door but people are kind of climbing over furniture to get to the door to see what's (laughs) up the maid is completely devastated oh honey i do do feel bad for her i know more and more tradesmen arrived i found a list and I'm not going to do knock-knocks for all of these because there's multiple of these people. Okay. 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 And I'm just going to take a deep breath and go through this list. Oh, And wow. I'm not saying when I say, like, there's barbers and bakers and wig makers. I'm not saying, you know, like, oh, yeah, there's a couple from each shop. I'm saying all of them in London are there. They got a fucking letter to show up. And so they did. From barbers 
bakers, wig makers, tailors, stream sisters, dentists, physicians, opticians, apothecaries, architects, lawyers, carpet makers, fishmongers, poultry sellers, coach makers, cabinet makers, clock makers, coopers, carpenters, confectioners, candlers, auctioneers, miniature painters, cloth merchants, shoemakers, fucking any trade you can imagine. That's like where the list the trailed people off. people who make the miniatures? Yes! Are there! The little, the little faces. Yes, they have their itsy-bitsy one-haired fucking paintbrush and yes. like a little of the little magnifying. Picture. Yeah. Yeah. They're oh, there. Cute. They're all fucking there. It's <laughs> a wig like, maker. It's like, <laughs> <a cute. laughs> they literally like took the little 1800s London yellow pages and just brought them all to oh, Mrs. Tonham's fucking doorstep. Oh my God. Like, oh no. And like, and the thing is, is so like, they wrote these letters to everyone, but like people were coming though. And like, th- these are just people that were like, that had jobs and were written to show up to do their job. Next came all of these cooks and housemaids and nursemaids and coachmen and footmen that showed up because they received a letter about possible jobs. So now we have a whole bunch of tradesmen there who already have jobs who have been called there to do their job. Now we have a whole bunch of people seeking employment who have been sent here being like, hey, we're here for the job as a cook and as a maid and all this stuff. And the maid's like, there's no, what the fuck? You know what? Take my job. Deal with this shit right the fuck Yeah, like seriously. And meanwhile, there's just other spectators. I was going to say this had to have drawn oh, just random ass people out of their like, homes to be people like, what is happening? People are just closing shop. Like, if you have not been called there, you're like, no one is anywhere. Everyone is yeah, crammed yeah. in the front of 54 Burner Street oh seeing gosh. what the fuck is going on. And fucking Theo and Sam are just <laughs> yes. sitting up there. Sitting. I can't imagine dying. the way that Sam is just like, yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my more, god. More? And what? <laughs> fucking Beezles is just sitting up there, probably thinking it's close to over. And like, when every single tradesperson in London shows up, you're probably like, dude, okay, here's your guinea. He's like, no, 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 no. Wait. Yeah. And then you turn and look and see a whole bunch of people with job applications just oh, like show up in waves. Like, and you, and it's, that. what if I told you that we're not even close to done. What the fuck? We're not close to done. Theo, no! No. Theo, no! Then, that these were just people with jobs to do and people seeking jobs and, like, some bystanders that showed okay. up. Now we're getting deliveries. Like, we, we had a couple. We had some cakes delivered. Yeah. We had some furniture delivered. Okay. Okay. But now we're having, like, a dozen pianos show up and like a cartload of potatoes like individual potatoes um a cart of ale barrels and a fucking a fucking chamber organ showed up that had to be carried in by six giant men that were like hired to move around chamber organs like show up with this giant like they can't fit a chamber organ in this house but like here they are in the middle of fucking burner street like standing on couch and like on cakes fucking shoes whatever and everyone's just still standing out there because they're like no fuck you i'm getting paid for something what's going on here we at least want to know what the fuck is going on here because honestly if i'm one of these workers 
I'm not going back to work either. I'm going to stand out here and be like, yeah, I want to see how this plays out. What's what's going on? You know what? This was already my job for the day. I guess I'm out of a day's worth of money. Fuck it. I'm just going to at least get some entertainment. Oh God. Yeah. It's so like if, if, cause I mean, people, you know, that first wave of people, chimney sweeps and all that, they're up pretty early in the morning. Like, People have seen people going to Burner Street. Like, you've seen these deliveries. Like, 12, a dozen pianos going to the same place. So, these people are just, like, bringing, like, streams of people in with them. Like, what the fuck is going on here? It is a scene. So, now the street, the very small congested street is completely just crowded with angry merchants really curious bystanders the police are called at this point of course so like so now the police are are there and they were like why is traffic stopped like not just here but blocks away like Mm -hmm. this is a huge a thing now like well what are we doing what's going on on oxford street deal with this it's gonna take so long to figure out what the fuck is happening what the fuck is happening and so as as it happened because london is huge and the streets are narrow like at this point like traffic has just kind of ground to a halt everywhere um because people are trying to get goods out of their house like out of their shops to get to this place because again like everything's coming in waves you know yeah and so theo though is from London in the 1800s like he knows how big the streets are Mm -hmm. he knows how congested this was gonna be and there had to be like maybe a little part of him was like what if they all do show up yeah like Uh they might there's a good idea he was ready for this and he had a plan for all of this he had a whole plan for yeah he was a writer this is like a, a little symphony and this little prank is about to come to a fucking crescendo What? because everyone's here it's not even noon by the way we have not made it to 12 o'clock i thought i thought that was that's Mm -mm. nope the pranked nope the peak here is at noon because at noon um the lord mayor of london shows up because he was summoned there um the lord mayor of london uh, received a letter from Mrs. Tottenham saying that she was on her deathbed and she had a legal matter that she had to discuss with him and only him. And it was that fucking important. Oh like he, he had to be here for it. Oh and my God. Yeah. It's, it's a joke, you know, like, no, she's not dying. She's yeah. literally totally fine. Just in her house. Probably like what the fuck with is going Yorkies. on? Yeah. And yeah. so, very shortly after the Lord Mayor of London arrives, uh, the Governor of the Bank of England shows up oh with God. a with a similar letter, and uh, right after him, the Governor of the East India Company shows up. Oh, with a letter that she's on her deathbed. My and God. yeah, after that, the Duke of Gloucester and the Duke of York show up. What? These are like <laughs> the royal fucking yeah. family has now showed up because Mrs. Tottenham wrote a letter saying she's on her deathbed and you sons of the monarch need to be here because I have something to tell you. So now that all of these merchants and all these fucking people are in the middle of the street all yelling at each other, like royalty shows up to this fucking mess. And like the so the Lord Chief Justice shows up after that, um, a cabinet minister, the commander in chief of the British Army, the Archbishop of Canterbury, what the fuck? like 
all oh my received God. Theo letters. Theo is fucking persuasive in these. Like, yeah. He knows exactly what the fuck to no, say. No, I know. Again, like, you have to be here. Sam just keeps thinking it's over. He's like, okay, it has to be over with the organ, man. Yeah. What's bigger than an organ? And Theo's like, I don't know. How about royalty? The Lord Mayor? How about mm, royalty? Yeah. I don't know. Like, oh my God. And then you have to think. So, like, this last wave of people... Like, are very important people. They don't just show up. So now they have all of their They're people. They're, like, processions, Oh, God, yeah. Basically. They have all yeah. their drivers and secretaries and valets and footmen. And, like, this is just creating this huge crush of people. Yeah. And, like, and now it's so backed up. Like, royalty is getting there, like... What is this? And they're like, it's for Mrs. Tottingham. It like, must be. We yeah. have to get to there. So yeah. like, everyone's just like oh, trying to climb over each no. other. It's truly, it's it's funny because no one was hurt. It's really yeah. shocking that no riot broke out. Oh uh-huh. no, no one was injured. This could from have this. so quickly gone very, very bad. It could have. Yes. I do feel bad for like the people who were like really relying on that money. Yeah. yeah. So Not that great. needs to be said, but like overall I'm just gonna enjoy this. Overall, yeah. If we're if we can, you know, we try to not take ourselves super seriously on this podcast yeah. and appreciate a silly story for what it is. But this this was potentially devastating to for people, people yeah. for sure. And and that does need to be thrown out there. That absolutely does, yes. Like don't don't, don't do this to anybody, guys. No, no, this is not yeah. funny. But I mean, it kind of is. Like in in hindsight, looking back on something that happened in the 1800s, exactly. Yeah. This is pretty funny, and people think of it as funny now. Yes, today. exactly. No one was hurt, and that's great. Miss um, Tottingham was fine. Like everything, everything was fine. But I mean, there were some carts overturned. Um, some onlookers did help themselves to like some of the ale that had been <laughs> delivered. But other than that, the crowd was remarkably peaceful, and all the paper everything reported on that after yeah they're like honestly good job you guys for you know there was barrel of ales that no one could get to and you had some fucking who wouldn't it was yeah. mayhem yeah. like mm-hmm. it, you, you they did pretty good we're yeah. proud of london yeah um by the late afternoon the police finally finally were able to like seal off burner street at both ends like this was like by like two or three o'clock they were able to just block people from coming coming onto burner street um they were finally able to break up the crowds by the evening the crowd had gone um so just a huge relief to poor mrs tottingham who just hadn't a clue like everyone it became very apparent that no one was blaming miss tottingham for this like she just didn't know yeah Yeah, i I was worried about them getting like the yeah there were people who were you know there was angry people out there and everything but by the end of it they're like she wouldn't what the fuck she had no idea what was going on yeah no and victim and all this and she was probably like so worried like is she gonna have to pay all of these people like am i dying like is there a curse like what's happening like it's it was did i do this did i like have an episode that's what i would do i'd be like oh my god i had an episode when I when I I've said, never had like, one before, but like I guess I had one. <laughs> there wasn't any like physical injuries or anything. There was some emotional, you know, damage. Yeah, there. Yeah. I feel bad for her and her household, but I mean, uh, you know, this is spilled the meat, and today we're talking about the prank. We're kind of on the prank side. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny. The prank's pretty <laughs> legendary. Like, yeah. Um. So the aftermath of this prank, uh, this prank, I mean, it fucking delivered. It was a huge story. 
in newspapers the next day. It was such an event that the annual registers in London that year, like the books that chronicled all the important events of the year, mm-hmm. like had to mention the prank <laughs> because it was like such a big thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this was like money that, you know, like it wasn't stolen or anything like they had to account for these sums of money right. yeah uh, was it like widely known like, pretty quickly that theo was responsible for it um so the entire population of london talked about it for like weeks and months after it was even mentioned in like plays which debuted like early in 1811 so like the next year so everyone was talking oh about my it gosh. um newspapers had like come down against it and stuff, mm-hmm. um, like we said, because poor Mrs. Tottenham, you know, she didn't do anything yeah. to be like the target of the prank. And although it ended peacefully, it could have been bad. Right. You know. Absolutely. And so people were like, yeah, who fucking like, who did this? You know, uh, the London Annual Register, for example, described it as a, quote, malignant species of wit, end quote, which is a pretty <laughs> good way to put it. Yeah. Um, but no, people were like really trying to figure out who did it. Yeah. Because when all was said and done, even people condemning the prank were like, had to step back and be like, the sheer scale of it is pretty impressive. Like a lot of letters. How could you not be impressed by it? You had to like write them a certain way. Oh yeah. You had to be, I mean, with your hands. Yes. Like you could have just no printing press. Yeah. No, you can print several copies. Some mass text sent out. Yeah. Like this had to be done by hand. And some of them required a lot of thought, Mm -hmm. like to send a letter to the Duke of York to convince him to yeah. come to this lady's house. Like, to get it delivered within four or five days yeah. after and stuff. Yeah. like And have him come, like, in person. Yeah. That took a lot of thought. And, yeah. like, I don't know. He had to be really meticulous with and everything like, he did. And then, like, with his brother, too. Like, the Duke of Gloucester and the Duke of York were both there. Did they not know? Did they, like, keep saying, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, how did you do this? Um, yeah, again, it's really... It was kind of satirical. So people were trying to figure out who did it. And if you think about this quote, which I didn't think about it this way because I'm not from the 1800s in, in London, but I, I when I was doing the research, I saw this and I was like, ah, yeah, the, the satire behind this is great. And you would expect it from Theodore Hook because the Industrial Revolution had literally just begun in London. So thousands of people left the countryside to blood into the big city and like cram all in there to get all of these jobs and like literally all of it all of it all the wealth the grandeur the material all of it in this huge mighty city is just sitting on the steps of this woman's house of this guy just like sitting up there and you're like <laughs> there's the industrial revolution here's everyone in london yep. you know like that's uh-huh. kind of his mo yeah and so authorities searched high and low trying to figure out the perpetrator of the crime. And yeah, to answer your question, did he get caught? No, he did not. People who knew him were like, it was you. It was yeah, fucking uh-huh. you. Of course it was yeah, you. Yeah, and he was like, oh, it was me. It was wasn't. It? Yeah. He never got caught. Uh, the first time he was named a suspect in print didn't appear until two years after wow. the prank. Yeah. Um, but he was never charged 
for for this hoax at all. Um, and again, he never fully admitted to it. And so how do we till... know? Oh, okay. I was like, then how do we know for him sure he did it? Until um, he also like left England and laid low for a while, which kind of you know is yeah, a, tell. a little guilty. Yeah. Um, he. <laughs> for a prank. For a prank. Was it worth the 80 bucks, my guy? Yeah, this prank took place in 1810. And in 1836, he wrote a semi autobiographical novel called Gilbert, Gilbert Gurney. Sorry, I can't talk all of a sudden. And this was his confession. This is a quote There's nothing like fun. What else made the effect of Berners Street? I'm the man. I did it. Sent a lord mayor in state to release impressed seamen, philosophers, and sages to look at children with two heads apiece. (laughs) (laughs) Piano, piano fortes by dozens and coal wagons by scores. 2,500 raspberry tarts from half a hundred pastry cooks. A squad of surgeons. A battalion of physicians. A legion of apothecaries. Lovers to see sweethearts. Ladies to find lovers, upholsters to furnish houses, architects to build them, gigs, dog carts, glass coaches, enough to convey half the freeholders of Middlesex to Brentford. Nay, I dispatched even royalty itself on an errand to a respectable widow lady, whose concourse of visitors by my special invitation choked up the great avenues of London and found employment for half the police of the metropolis. End quote. And everyone's like, "Is fucking you?" Yep. That's that was twenty six years later. He's like, "Yeah, no, it was me. I it was it. me." Yeah. <laughs> the, oh my god! The last little tidbit of gossip on this. It's thought because we don't know for sure that it's thought that Hook had friend, uh, two of his friends help him write these notes. Uh, Henry Higginson and an actress, a famous actress whose name is lost to history apparently helped him write these and it was said when everyone tried to tally all of these up and Mm -hmm. tried to write like account for all of these letters (laughs) there were at least at the very very least 1000 in the days leading up to the hoax however the number has been as high as 4000 letters went out that day from three people Mm mm-hmm Yep, in four Holy to five days. Fuck. Yeah, to go to all these people. They, they just sat down and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. A thousand let oh yeah. my god. I bet they just had like two hands just going. Yeah. Like <laughs> how their hand not fall off. Yeah. Like how how what did the handwriting look like? I don't know. And like and I don't know if like Theo God, did he expect them all to show up? Like it it got out of hand for sure. Like yeah. but <laughs> I mean the greatest break in history oh my gosh yeah. that truly is yeah it's so simple yet so genius it's so simple how oh theo it's so yeah you just wow like, how do you make a house the most famous house in london you just fucking tell everyone to go to it yeah at the same day oh my gosh and like the details in the letters too it's like he was so specific too yeah, he was so specific. like he, he like took the time to be like i need yeah a dozen raspberry pastries. Oh my like, god! Like, hey, dude, there's a two-headed cow here, like, or yeah. two-headed whatever the fuck. Like, you need to come and see 
Yeah. What was it? A two-headed what? Was it a child? Was it a cow? I yeah, to look at children with children. two heads. He, he called philosophers and sages to look at children with two heads. Uh, he sent the Lord Mayor. I don't know. Mayor, or what, I don't know. Oh I don't know that he sent the Lord Mayor to release impressed seamen. So like a whole bunch of like Navy guys just like in prison in this person's house, <laughs> I guess. I don't fucking know. Like, God. <laughs> Love it. To a respectable widow lady. I also choose to believe that he did not know her. Like, I think that he was just, may have known of her because people seem to. But he's like, there's a house for rent right there. But also, I'm going to pick that one. To be honest, like, the per, the, that's a person to send all these people to because, like, who looks more sweet and innocent right. than this widowed woman? And it, like, it you can't be... send her to another, like, 20-something-year-old dude or else everyone's going to be screaming their faces off at him like, dude, you fucking know exactly what the fuck you're doing right, right now. Yeah. But not to this, like, high-class no. widowed woman. It's going to be could... like, oh, you sweet soul. She could afford a dozen pianos. Like, that yeah. wouldn't be weird. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. And it like... just... It, like, would seem weird, but it, it checks out. Yeah, like, you had to pick, you know, a, an Oxford house to, you know, oh my goodness. <laughs> pull off this the poor, best prank of history. Poor, poor woman in her Yorkies that may or may not even exist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This poor woman in her Yorkies. The poor maid. The poor maid. Oh, my like, gosh. Had she to, was like, like, am I losing my job? Again, oh, yeah. I'd be like, did I have an episode where I wrote thousands of letters yeah. and sent them out? Like, what the fuck? And people are showing up with the letters, probably showing them to you, and you're just like, I don't running through the house. Yeah, like, who wrote it? This one looks like it was written by a crazy person because they've already written two thousand letters by hand. Yeah, like, oh my and then God. she just had to like go to sleep that night, and then like wake up the next morning and be like, oh wow, I wonder what today is gonna be. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh! Know? And then like nothing. And nothing. the day after that, and the day after nothing. that, and nothing. It was just nothing. Nothing forever. It yeah. was just like. Uh, she probably was like, was that some weird fucking fever? Did that happen? Yeah. Like, but, like people are talking about it. So you're like, oh, wow. Yep. That's, that was real. Yeah. That was the weirdest day of my life. The weirdest. Of probably all of their lives. Monday of my life. Yep. A and random just on Monday. a Monday. A Monday in November. And like a cold month in London. Like it's cold. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, no. Oh, God. It wasn't like some beautiful day where you crack out the no, ale. No, no. This the, was a summertime bed. Cakes. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is like a spring or fall bed. Not, yeah. No. Definitely not summer. Everyone's yeah. hot and they're stinky. Oh, God. The deodorant doesn't exist yet, probably. So, oh, Ugh, man. That'd be gross. But, oh, not a wintertime one. No, Theo, no. Theo, God. <laughs> Theo didn't think about that. Like, Theo didn't think about a lot of things. Theo didn't care. He didn't fucking care. <laughs> no. No. God. But it. I love him. Theo's I love him. One love of his buddy. My all-time favorite Virgos, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of... There's a lot of great Virgos out there, but he is absolutely one of them. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and I that's, love that so that's fucking That's the much. greatest break in history. What a that's, good birthday episode. That's my birthday episode. There it is. Happy fucking birthday, Maddie. Oh, thanks. I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, Maddie wanted me to find a funny one. Yeah, I think I found it. Oh, I wanted to find a birthday one. I haven't one. read the, the, all of it. Oh my so. god, oh my god, oh my god. This is Fresh Cup. Today I fucked up subreddit. Yes. That, oh, okay. Come on. <laughs> I, this reddit needs to sing me happy birthday. Oh my like, gosh, right? Metaphorically. Like, we, we love it so deeply, oh like god. with a passion. Okay. <clears throat> Not 
not saying the title. Okay. <laughs> My girlfriend called me at work yesterday to tell me she was experiencing a panic attack. I asked where she was. She said she was stuck in traffic. Oh my god! Wait. Worst place to have a yeah. Panic I was say, Emily, wait, no, ah. no. Nope. It's <laughs> hanging it's there. I encouraged her to stop the car on the side of the road as soon as it was safe to proceed. In the meantime, I applied. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already like thinking about what happened. Later. <laughs> I applied what she taught me to do if she had a panic attack, which was to distract her with random conversation. It was my first time interacting with someone having a panic attack. I had no idea what kind of random content would be appropriate for the conversation I was required to provide in such an intense situation. Yeah, that is hard. That's a that's a tall order. That is. On the spot. You have to be like ready, yeah. I feel. Yeah. Oh, I think this is a good idea. Okay. I opted for fun facts about me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay. One, my mental clock always wakes me up on time. That's, yep. Same. Yeah. Same, actually. Yeah. I'm... Two... Yeah, right? Like, yeah. like five, three minutes before my alarm goes off. Oh day. my gosh, ah. your brain's like, and it's morning. <laughs> yeah. um, two, I still need to literally fall as an adult. Still need, need I don't. to literally fall. I don't know. Okay. Um, three, spiders scare me. Yeah. Four, I'm the tallest person in my family. Okay, yeah. Five, every time I meet a pregnant woman, I think now everyone knows you had sex. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Six, I never wear hats. <laughs> okay yeah same seven. yeah <laughs> seven my worst case scenario trick to lasting longer in bed is to imagine ron perlman and danny devito making out naked uh, yep because <laughs> we have learned on spill the mead that men do that i did not know <laughs> yep. that until this podcast better than tarzan cinematic is guess. it join worst. our patreon and let us yep. know <laughs> um eight <laughs> Like off the fucking rails all of a sudden. Hey, I buried the teddy bear I used to fuck as a horny teenager in my parents' backyard because it eventually lost all its softness. I didn't want my mom and dad to ask awkward questions about the crusty bear. Okay, well, there's a bear <laughs> buried in this guy's childhood backyard. A so. bear. Oh, yep, that's uh, okay. Wow. Could you imagine, like, <laughs> finding that? You're going to think some weird witchy shit happened, and it's just a horny teenage guy. <laughs> I just, I really don't understand how we got from spider scare me to I, don't I buried the teddy bear I used to fuck as a horny teenager in my parents' backyard because it eventually lost all its softness, and I didn't want my mom and dad to ask awkward questions about the question. She's still having a panic attack, Emily, and he just had to really like, take it what? somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, take it somewhere else. Number nine. Hmm? There was no number nine. One of my coworkers interrupted me. Remember there at work? Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I did forget that. Okay. Yep. Okay. I was on the toilet at work when my girlfriend called. I oh, thought I had god. privacy because the men's room was empty when I entered. Oh, God. But then someone knocked on the door. The coworker. Think Gen Z, Nathan Fielder. Oh god, oh god, oh god, Nathan, no. I didn't know how much Nathan heard, but he must have heard enough because he asked if I was drunk. He heard about the bear, <laughs> if nothing else. That's all he had to hear. That's way worse, that's way worse <laughs> than him hearing the beginning as well. Yeah. Of you being like, oh, hi honey, you're having a panic attack? Yeah. Oh, let me talk about something. Um, I'll show you fun facts about me. Yeah, no, let me tell and also, you. also, how is that a fun fact? Yeah, no, let me no, tell you what he that. heard. He walked into the bathroom, <laughs> saw your feet in the stall, and heard you say, I bet the bear that I used to fuck in my parents' backyard. Like, that's what he heard. And asking if you're drunk is a very reasonable, <laughs> and that's, you know, that's someone looking out for you. <laughs> 
said I was was dealing with a personal emergency, which prompted him to ask if it was a mental health issue. (laughs) I mean, technically. (laughs) I said I would explain later my girlfriend was laughing on the phone. Well, if fucking you got her from panic attack to, like, cracking up, you succeeded, my guy. Like, ultimate success there. You did. Can't do better than that. Nathan making me uncomfortable apparently made her panic attack go away. There you go. Yep. The good news, my girlfriend recovered. The bad news, Nathan knows too much about me now. Yeah. Nathan's gonna, yep. Nathan's gonna need some hush money. For sure. Because he knows about your fuck bear. And that's not something any of us needed to know. The fuck did we get there, dude? Like, how? You're like, that's a fun fact about me. No. That is something that's a a fact about you that you die with. Yeah. That's a fact. No one finds out about bear. That should have been repressed a long time ago. The second you put that last handful of dirt over that teddy bear's sweet little dead eyes. Pregnant, (laughs) that disease-ridden, crusty-ass teddy bear. That's when that needed to be buried, literally forever. Uh And then you go back inside and you grab a sock like a normal weird teenager. Yeah. My baby has so many bears. I don't want them to be naughty bears. (laughs) Not a naughty time bear. No, they will not. But that's fucking weird. Have you ever heard the legend of the Reddit coconut? No. What? Do we have time for the Reddit? There's not enough time in the world to unpack that one, but um. Well, we have to become coconut. Oh, cool. We have to (laughs) record a fresh pot for Patreon, so maybe that's a good time to. Tap into that. I'll, I'll, like, I'll look over it and make sure it's not just, like, absolutely... Smut? Maybe. <laughs> Still, we'll probably read it even. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll let you guys know. But if you want to hear that one, probably go to Patreon. Yeah. Maybe just look it up. Maybe don't. Maybe spare yourself. But I'm just saying that's what it reminded me of. Because that is legendary on Reddit. Because it is weird. Well, now I also, really need knife. to know. <clears throat> poop knife is legendary as well. I think I, I think I have heard about yeah. poop knife because it's like an award you can grant people is the poop knife, like oh. the little awards you give people on Reddit. Like okay. you can give people awards, like wholesome seal or whatever. What the fuck is Reddit? Every time we do this, you like tell me something new. It's like an upvote. I'm like, what? And now you can give someone poop knives. Then like a good will seal or whatever you fucking just said. What Everything Maddie has learned about Reddit has been against her will. I have no clue what's going on. I I have found what like four stories total off of Reddit in like our forty something episodes we've done. I, I don't know. I'm glad because like let's spare you. Wait, no, I want to know about the coconut. We're we'll talk about the coconut. Okay. Yeah. So if you guys want to hear about it. Go to Patreon. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Happy birthday to me. Happy Bye. birthday, Cook Coconut. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
It's just the sound, like, just pages, like, I, <laughs> I can always, like, as I'm editing, just hear, like, your pages flipping so at times. Stuff. Or you'll be like, wait, yeah. pause. Yeah. <laughs> like, all the pages. Oh, my God. Okay. It's I know, like is this going to be, is this going to be the end? <laughs>